sensitive minds and welcome to the fifth episode of the great sensitive mind podcast goodness the time really flies i'm b and today will be devoted to the world of emotions how to enjoy them take care of them and know them better for those who started with this episode first here are some of my comments i usually begin with first uh, if you wish to start with this episode, I then recommend to continue with my trailer episode zero, where you can learn about my podcast in general and then follow up with the rest of the episodes. The second, most of the time I am using the information from website HS Person and books from Dr. Elaine Aron, but in this episode I am also taking some information from other sources and from my personal opinions. And last comment, I am usually referring to highly sensitive people as HSPs, so please don't get puzzled when you hear it. As you all know from my previous episodes, there is always a lot to talk about and uh, I am here trying to refer to the most important information, uh, according to my opinion, of course. But you know that I'm keeping my notes for later episodes to bring interesting topics further. By the way, if you have some ideas you would like me to talk about, just let me know. You can write to my email address or send a message to my Instagram account. Both you can find at the episode description. Right. As always, here is the structure of today's episode. Firstly, I believe it's important to define what emotion or feeling is. Then I will look at a grouping of emotions and describe the overall groups. After that, I will focus on some other important emotions such as love, guilt and shame or anxiety and depression. Then the physical reactions of emotions will be pointed out and also how to handle emotions and communicate with emotions. At the end, I will also stop for a bit around feeling less well in general. Before I start though, let me begin with a few notes. Last episode, I was partially talking about the importance of communication in relationships. Even though the episode was not about partnership, that will come later, you can understand that many things apply for being in a romantic relationship as well. I spoke about the importance of communication and listening to each other. Well, last week wasn't easy for me. I had my down moment, as many HSPs can relate. And I want to remind here how important it is to have someone close to support you and communicate with you, even when you don't want to speak about your depressions, feeling down or feeling stressed. My partner never gives up on me and that's what makes our relationship stronger and what makes me as a person stronger. So be there for your close ones as well and ask them to be there for you even though you might not wish that during your down moments. Alright, now towards the emotions. I will start with a phrase or rather a question and I would say it's one of the most common 
which everyone uses, even though many times don't really expect a real answer. This question is, how are you? A simple opening phrase of a conversation, which most of the time brings nothing, as the answer almost always is, I'm fine, thanks, which I bet in many times is actually not true. But why should we speak about our true emotions? Society tells us that emotional is weak, that no one cares about feelings. And I could continue with some other ridiculous comments I see around me. It makes me feel sad, upset, angry and honestly really puzzled. If one of the quality, the universe, nature or God, whatever you wish to call it, gave us, is to actually have emotions. So why the heck society rather ignores them or suppress their meaning? Let's have a look at it, shall we? What are emotions, feelings or moods? As this is not a lesson from psychology, I will not go into much detail but let's have some definitions and general understanding of emotions. The best definition of the word emotion is according to Britannica Dictionary, a complex experience of consciousness, bodily sensation and behavior that reflects the personal significance of a thing, an event or a state of affairs. Ha, it's complex. This is an issue number one. Society doesn't like complex. It tends to like simple and easy to handle things, right? It talks about experience, consciousness and sensations. Aha! HSPs sharpens their ears. Thing number two. Sensations. They are about stimuli and as we remember, high sensitive people have a close relationship with them. We react to stimuli stronger than non-HSPs and mostly emotions are personal significance of something thus it is very difficult to describe, to relate to. It's subjective and unique and freaking complex. So no question it's difficult for society in general to handle. Many simple definitions of the word emotion say a strong feeling feeling is another scary word according to the dictionary feeling is a perception of events within the body well what does it tell us is that both are talking about some perception or sensation in our body that is complex and subjective no doubt it takes some time, learning and patience in order to explain our inner mixture of feelings and behaviors and mainly to understand it. And we also have the word mood. Oh dear, how many times I heard don't be so moody. How many HSPs can relate, huh? Mood is by simple definition a state or quality of feeling at a particular time. I remember from school to differentiate that mood is longer lasting than emotion. 
they are also not as strong as emotions due to their longer state. If you wish, there are links to the dictionaries in the episode description where you can find more details. Anyway, we live constantly influenced by emotions, feelings and moods. Each living organism that has a nervous or neurological system can sense and feel. Even animals or plants, trees or mushrooms can feel. It is difficult to find out exactly how precisely each one feels, but it is proven they do feel. <laughs> I just remember that my brother, who is a biochemist, can prove that it's possible to scare a spinach and make a dissertation about it. Anyway, jokes aside, emotions and feelings are with us whether we want to or not. Here are some important emotions I think it's necessary to mention. Uh, classical psychology highlights four main emotions, happiness, sadness, fear and anger. These four are important as they reflect on the basic instincts that we as humans have rooted in our DNA. Reward, happiness, punishment, sadness and stress, fear and anger. Happiness and sadness are due to the hedonic value of the stimulus, psychological needs, while the fear and anger depend on the way the stimulus occurs, safety needs. It would not be a proper academic word if there were not more of the suggestions on studies to step in and controvert. They categorize six or seven or even eight basic emotions. Some say love, joy, fear, anger, sadness and surprise. Some add trust and anticipation. Goodness, there is so many of the charts and grouping. It's quite tricky to decide what is the best to choose. In my opinion, I don't really mind any of the categorization. Each person or group of people has after all their right to classify how they find it best. At the end, when we feel we don't really use any categorization, right? Let me take it simpler and group in the four while focusing on the level of arousal and balance or pleasure seeking. We would be here a very long time if I was to devote a few minutes to each emotion, but I will try to put them into some understandable groups which share similarities and we must only look for nuances to distinguish them. approached hedonistic or pleasure-seeking emotions. These emotions are the ones most of the people and animals like having or experiencing. We try to seek for them much more often than most of the other ones. Here belongs happiness, joy, gladness, enthusiasm, content, delight, positive excitement, amusement or serenity. 
romance, euphoria, optimism, playfulness and all of the ones in between flying around the overall having a positive pleasure feeling. I believe I will speak for most of us if I say that our general aim in life is to feel at least one of these emotions every so often and also these emotions we want to bring or at least contribute to to the ones we have a strong positive relationship with we like fancy or love on the other hand we often wonder how much of them we have and if we should have more of course these emotions make our body to respond positively some amounts of hormones such as dopamine or serotonin give us these lovely feelings and our body naturally wishes to keep it that way we often use ranking who doesn't understand please listen to my previous episode about relationships to compare our state of general pleasure with others around and as you know when we rank too much we get ourselves into other emotions we start to fear to lose them or even to get ourselves into the state of sadness and gloominess as we don't wish to get them at the first place so that we won't lose them afterwards. It takes some work to keep a nice balance of these emotions, that's true. It's not easy to keep these positive emotions as we are exposed to various other stimuli that can change the positive feeling of joy or content in a minute. That is why we should revise or rethink our situations and seek what gives us these feelings in order to keep a healthy measure of them inside. It's also true that HSPs mostly have a hard time to climb from the negative emotions back to feel happy, joy, content, delighted or any other of the emotions being in this group. So I advise you, it is really important to find activities, people or situations that make us feel better and make the balance stable. Try to find happiness and joy in small things around you too. unexpected arousal emotions. Here we put emotions such as agitation, anger, fear, negative arousal, negative surprise, annoyance, alarm, jealousy, anxiety, fright, panic, horror, hatred, envy, negative astonishments and other similarities. As I said, sometimes we can find the group of anger and the group of fear separate. But what groups them all is a strong negative reaction, usually very sudden and unexpected as the name unexpected arousal suggests. Our body doesn't like to feel these emotions. It evokes the feeling of need to fight against it or change it to the opposite positive emotions or emotions that are created by expected arousal like calm or relaxation. I will mention them in a bit. Interestingly enough, if we are exposed to these emotions for a short period of time, it doesn't do much of harm to our body. 
but if we don't solve them in time they can cause a chronic issue and can add extra emotions such as depression or guilt but again that I will talk about in a moment that is why it is very important to locate and name these emotions sooner rather than later and use some techniques to get out of them as soon as possible after all even our natural instincts tell us to run or fight in case of an attack or fright so choose to run from it by preventing yourself against getting caught or fight it and try to find a technique how to process it and manage it if you experience them what i definitely don't recommend is to suppress or ignore these emotions believe me unless you have a super brain power you won't erase them they will stay and what worse they will begin to root and spread and they will turn into the unwanted hedonistic feelings the last important thing i want to bring here is that unexpected arousal emotions can cause traumas and traumas are the wounds that we carry and can influence our future behavior we start to avoid positive emotions we start to feel less and less happy and joyful so please try to work on these quick unexpected negative emotions that can cause much more damage when overlooked and not worked on try to answer questions like is it really necessary to feel this way is that person or thing why i feel this way worth my time and energy that i spend on does this emotion give me anything good from it i will put here a little subgroup surprise now this little group i wanted to leave aside as i can see that the different grouping put surprise in very different positions surprise by its nature could be put in the unexpected arousal emotions but since surprise can be also seen very positively it is quite strange to put it next to all of the other more negative emotions like fear and anger let's put aside that some people don't like surprises in general and i bet that many hsps are now nodding with their own personal experience a surprise is simply an unexpected arousal emotion that instead of having a negative sensation has a positive one something that we don't expect happens and instead of not liking the outcome like in the case of fear or anger we enjoy the outcome very much and we simply jump towards the joy and happiness group see not liking any kind of surprise can be explained simply because of the unknown consequences as it is not expected many times the result doesn't have to be awaited or wanted and even if the intention is good the result can turn into a fear or anger the avoided hedonistic emotions these emotions are normally the least pleasing and probably most unwanted ones. Here belongs sadness, depression, disgust, 
loneliness, misery, shame, agony, guilt, tenseness, frustration, gloominess and other nuances among those. Generally, people don't really like them and try to avoid them, thus the name avoided hedonistic or unpleasant emotions. We know that if someone gets caught in the net of these, it is really difficult to get out of them. As I mentioned in my previous group, these emotions can be caused by a simple short emotion such as anger or fright and that can cause a snowball falling from the top of the mountain quickly piling up these on each other and lingering in our mind. When we get caught it usually remains for a while. Other feelings that we had not as a result of the cause at the first place come in a moment too, like embarrassment, shyness, low self-esteem, shame, etc. Both our mind and our body, as we know they are connected, will start to shut down, will begin not respond to surroundings and stop working properly. If we stop work, we won't be able to communicate and react with people around. If we won't react with people, people will have a hard time to understand. We stop with our daily activities, with our job. I don't want to sound terrifying, but it's true. As it, it is hard to work on positive feelings, it is as hard to work on the balance with our negative ones. It is extremely necessary for every person to recognize and understand these emotions in order to know how to work with them and don't get caught on these feelings for a long time. I ask all of you. If you find yourself feeling some of these emotions more than once in a while, reach for help. I'm going to talk about depression in a bit more as I think it's important to say some other things about this. To be honest, I often wonder why is it that society tends to lean towards these last two groups of emotions I just mentioned. Um, the unexpected arousal and the unpleasant ones. Why is it that I see news talking so much about at least one of these emotions? Why is it that people so often fall from the imaginary place of happiness and content to this misery and frustration? If we naturally want to avoid them, why is it then that we are surrounded by them so much? But that, I guess, would be for another talk. The last of these four basic groups is the low arousal emotions. Ooh, I really like this group, as I feel that this is one of the most easy to work on, at least for me. Here belongs emotions such as calmness, tiredness, sleepiness, relaxing, feeling at ease and even boredom. Again, fill in other subtle distinguished emotions that you find can fit into this group. 
Why I said that they are easy to work on? Well, as you can understand, their appearance depends on the level of arousal we have around. If we are surrounded by a low amount of stimuli, we tend to feel these emotions. The ones we seek for are feeling calm, relaxed or at ease. The ones that are less appealing are the feelings of being tired or bored. In these situations, we wish to have a positive arousal around, but we can't find any and thus become tired or bored. And why I like this group is that it's relatively easy to swing from one side to another. All depends on our ability to find the appropriate arousals around. For example, if you feel tired, it's good to have some aids or tools in your mind that you can use to sway into relaxed mode, uh, like reading a book or watching a film. Even going for a walk or play a game can help us feeling more relaxed. Which is only a step from feeling content, at ease or happy uh, in general. And that's the final place we want to stay most of the time, right? Now, love. Sometimes it is categorized as having one of the groups itself. I honestly find the emotion of love really complicated. It is really a game of words. The feeling of being in love or falling in love is different than the feeling of loving someone or being loved. First of all, as we know, love has many different kinds. Sexual love is not the same as platonic, as love of art is not the same as love for a partner. You can love but not be loved in return. You can be in love together with your partner or you can even love yourself. Anyway, the being in love is connected with feeling happy, joyful, excited, romantic, passionate, etc. Especially if your love is returned. But we know that love can also have some less pleasant emotions to go with it. To love someone brings also feeling sad, that we are not with the loved one, scared that we might lose the loved one, excited to see the loved one after a long time. And I could just continue. Honestly, we can even feel angry if our loved one one does something we don't like. Is it wrong? No, of course not. Actually, in a partnership, it's good not to hide your emotions and talk about them. But that I will leave for another episode. I think that love is like a flower that you care of. It is still with you. You are born with plenty of little seeds that can be nourished and can bloom into a beautiful flower. But you must really take care of it. Flower won't survive on its own. It must be watered regularly, replanted if needed, changed its place if the environment doesn't benefit its growth. You keep love towards anything inside you and work on it if you feel it's worth it.
you will pass all emotions through it if you feel it deserves it. That's how I find love. Love is not taken for granted. I believe that any love that is always too easy to handle is not really felt properly or it won't stay for long. As you know, I often derive from the book The Undervalued Self from Dr. Elaine Aron. She talks a little bit about few emotions there that are often related to undervaluation and low self-esteem. I wish to point out two pairs here. The first pair is guilt and shame. We feel guilty when we know we have done something we shouldn't. And what more that we could have prevented it as we had a choice. Usually when we feel guilty, we don't feel right and ashamed. Many of us also try to repair the situation we have caused and try to make something right instead. We know that it's the chance how can we be seen in better light, so to say, and accepted by a group around us. Luckily, guilt and shame don't last for long as they can be remedied by some sort of good action. Shame occurs in social situations. It is connected to ranking, as the other pair that I will talk about in a moment. We usually feel worthless, which only supports the feeling of general undervalue. Embarrassment is very similar to shame, takes a little bit shorter and feels milder. But both shame and embarrassment can push our behavior to come back to normal so that we don't have to feel that way. We try quickly to be on the same wave with our group again. Elaine gives a historical example about shame. Our ancestors usually lived in a single group and avoided being expelled or having an unnecessary fight because of the feeling of shame. It simply kept them safe from doing something they would regret later. Who would want to be abandoned or risk uh, an injury because of silly mistake, right? Nowadays, however, we live in various groups and are exposed to many potential feelings of shame, which can decrease our safety and start to create other emotions such as anxiety and depression. And these emotions I want to get to next. Anxiety and depression. These two will definitely deserve one episode only devoted to them. See, this becomes a dangerous territory. Cases of people suffering from anxiety and depression are continuing to increase. Both of the emotions are the result from being under a certain level of stress. They are both related to the ranking and as our society tends to rank a lot, there is no surprise that both are such an issue. Anxiety usually starts when we are worried about the result of our actions. 
we worry to be defeated, to be turned down. We start to avoid these fearful situations and choose the flight instead of fight reaction. Depression, as Dr. Aaron describes in her book, is often a response to defeat. Again, depression occurs after being under a constant level of stress. Elaine also points out that researchers found out depression being associated with humiliation, again ranking. As both anxiety and depression are caused by feeling of being defeated, we usually don't want to admit to have them or to avow them to others as we fear another demeaning response. And that's another reason it's so difficult to get out of them as they stay put within us. When anxiety and depression start to occur very often, we need to find help. The main problem with both depression and anxiety is that they create a state when our body can shut down and stop responding with its surroundings. We will constantly run away from everyone and everything. We must find help either via therapy or even with prescribed medication. There is no other way. Or if there is, please let me know. I mean, unfortunately, people choose to take an action which sadly finishes their life completely or they reach for dampening substances such as alcohol or drugs, which both of them are highly addictive and can cause even more problems. None of these work or help to solve the issue. Please be very careful and if you have a suspicion about yourself or you know someone who might suffer from anxiety or depression, find help as soon as possible. Believe me, you are not alone. Now, let me stop shortly to mention the physical response to the emotions and feelings of our body. It's understandable from the definitions that emotions are connected primarily to our nervous system. They are created in our brain. That's, I believe, how they study them as well. But what emotions and feelings can also cause is the other physical reactions of our body. As neurons work together with the chemistry of our body fluids, many different chemicals such as hormones and neurotransmitters cause tiny reactions inside us. And we can sense them too. We can feel different sensations inside our body. You might have heard about phrases like butterflies in stomach when feeling in love, excited or aroused, a lump in one's throat when feeling about to cry or very nervous, tightness in the chest when feeling overwhelmed, stressed or frustrated. We can also sweat more, our pulse can change, our tone of voice, basically the fluids in our body react and 
change their quality, such as temperature, speed, density, etc. Our eyes change, our hairs change, we even subconsciously change our posture or position of our body parts. Have you ever heard about body language? Look it up as it is really interesting how many things we do that we don't even know about. We all have a mixture of emotions. I often struggle when answering the how are you question. Firstly, because I know that at many times the actual answer is not looked for. And secondly, because if I could be honest, I would never be done only with fine or okay or not bad. See, even if I have some deeper conversations with my close people like my family, partner or friends, I usually try to describe my feelings accurately. Which means that I don't finish with one simple word, but try to find as many emotions as possible that are at that moment within me. I don't honestly think that we can feel only one emotion at a time. We can feel happy and angry at the same time. Of course, I am happy in general. I have a lovely life. But am I also angry that I just missed a connection and I will be late for a meeting? Yes, very much. I also feel a little bit sad being HSP and embarrassed already at the image of what people will think about me when I arrive. That's why emotions are so complex. There is always a big mixture of them inside us. I always imagine it as a big pot with plenty of small marks around it, each with different color, each representing one emotion. And as I look at the pot, I can see this reeling palette of various colors and shades and how they mix. Sometimes there is more of this color of excitement, sometimes there is less and less of the other as my being shocked moment becomes replaced by more soothing calm. It's fun to imagine and honestly pretty awesome to think about it in general. How each of us is unique and complex but also really rich on colors. And why I'm mentioning it? Well, to visualize and to recognize your emotions will be really handy in communications. As you know, I often repeat here some things. One of them is the importance to first focus on ourselves and then to communicate with the others when we know what we acknowledged about our insight and what we wish to say. That is the same for emotions. The key to understand each other is to express what we feel exactly, so that we can link more and get closer. Emotions make us act, react and behave in certain ways. We gave names to many of them, so why not focus on emotions more and really express all of the ones we feel. Don't be afraid to voice them all, 
don't be afraid to work on each and try to identify their cause and fi find what can help to change it. In cases of positive emotions, the importance to acknowledgement is, as I said before, simply because it prevents us to slide down to the more negative emotions. When feeling extreme emotions, such as hatred, depression, fear or anger, help or early solution is definitely needed. And I strongly recommend to seek for help from others around. And as the last, I would like to say something about not being afraid to feel less well. Many times I have heard and I have even said here how important it is to keep the balance and stay with mostly positive emotions and feelings inside. But what I would like to point out is that feeling sad, gloomy, afraid, upset or simply under weather shouldn't be overlooked or degraded. Except that we can sometimes feel like this and we have the full right to truly experience these emotions. I don't like when people hide tears or get behind an imaginary wall of bravery and poker face. For example, crying. It is natural behavior and from biological point of view is necessary as it releases happy hormones and other chemicals. Uh, sweat does similar things. When we cry our sadness or frustration out, we will feel better after it. If you feel uncomfortable in front of others when you cry, it's okay. Then at least don't hide it in front of yourself and ask for a moment alone to really process your emotions through tears. And for men especially, please don't be afraid to cry in front of your partner. The one who truly loves you will be relieved um, that she or he can experience your true emotions at that moment. It is another moment of intimacy and vulnerability. Be very gentle and careful in these moments and take them with caution. As any other intimate moments, you open up to the other which should be done with trust and reliance. The same goes with moments when we feel down. Don't hide it. Talk about it. Give yourself time to process it. Try to understand the cause. Why is it that we feel like it? And what is it that can help us change the current emotions towards more positive or desirable ones. And here we are at the end again. I honestly haven't talked about HSPs in this episode as much, but after all, emotions link us all, so I don't think I had to focus only on highly sensitive people. Although I mentioned some information from Elaine's book about the tricky and I would even say dangerous emotions, which not only HSPs should be careful about, 
most of the time I was trying to speak from my own experience and just say my thoughts. My next episode will be about the importance of rest, especially for highly sensitive people. As usual, please follow me on my Instagram, The Great Sensitive Mind Podcast. We can already start to talk about different topics there. Um, my email address, which you can also find in the description of this episode, is always open for a contact too. Thank you so much for listening and being here with me. Have a lovely day. Bye.